When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. It's time for The View from the Opposition. This time it comes from Anfield, courtesy of Liverpool.com's Matt Addison. Matt, thank you for popping on to the podcast. How are you doing? Yeah, all good, thank you. It's uh, It's been a, an intense few weeks, of, as we've just been just been talking about off-air. It's uh, it, it's an exciting time of the season. I know there's there's not as much for Newcastle to play for, but I'm sure, you know, a, a team like Liverpool, it's, it's always, it's always going to be a big game. So, yeah, looking forward to it a lot. Yeah, sold out St James's Park. Set to be a great atmosphere. And you mentioned kind of the intensity that Liverpool are under going for the quadruple. Um, and it's been a, it's been an intense couple of days. The turnaround from that Champions League semi final against Villarreal. You guys won two nil, and now you're facing Newcastle twelve thirty on Saturday. Jurgen Klopp's had his say about the the quick turnaround. Is that Jurgen just looking for any little advantage, and he's not actually that worried about? the players matching the intensity and the challenge of just a few days rest? It's an interesting one. I think he's he's spoken about it a, a number of times and I can I, I can understand it because, you know, he's he's come from a league in Germany where they, they do sort of help out the teams at the top in terms of that. They might stick them on a, on a Friday night ahead of a, a Champions League game. They, they seem to do that a lot across Europe. And I do think he's he's got a point. I do think at the level that Liverpool and the other teams in the Premier League are at, there is a kind of a marginal gain to be had in, even if it was, you know, a, a 3 p.m. kickoff, just that extra couple of hours, it, it could make it could make all the difference for, for Liverpool in terms of, of their welfare. But at the same time, there's there's no doubt it's it's a little bit like the um the comments that he's made in in terms of the five subs thing, which has obviously come in now. There's there's always going to be a Liverpool angle to it. And obviously he is Liverpool manager. He wants Liverpool to, to be in the best possible position. And obviously there is therefore a, a bias on that part. I mean, again, obviously myself coming at it from a Liverpool perspective, I, I kind of, I understand completely where he's coming from, but I actually think in, in this one, it might not be the worst thing that Liverpool are playing early. I think if it was St. James's Park at, you know, a 7.45 or, or a half five, that might make it a little bit more intimidating it's also interesting that Manchester City will play, obviously, with one eye on the, the title race. They go to Leeds at half five on Saturday. So if Liverpool can go there, do their job, it then puts the pressure on City. So I think in this specific instance, it's probably not the worst thing for Liverpool to be playing at lunchtime. But as a sort of wider picture, I, I do kind of take his point. Playing Villarreal on Wednesday, I saw a lot of criticism for the Spanish side for kind of just turning up in many ways. And it wasn't the biggest challenge for Liverpool and I'm just wondering how that sets them up going into to Saturday. Will they be a little bit fresh, as you think, than they would have been had they played in Man City or Real Madrid at that stage? Yeah, I think that's that's certainly one of, of the advantages. I think it was obviously, you know, they're, they're in the semi-final for a reason. They're a good team. They've beaten Juventus and, and Bayern Munich to, to earn that right to play Liverpool at this point in the competition. But I do think there's there's definitely... You know, an advantage in Liverpool compared to, to City having that game against Real Madrid. Obviously, that's a much closer tie next week as well. So you'd imagine that they could have one eye on that, where Liverpool maybe can 
can just sort of focus that little bit more on on Newcastle. But I don't know. It was it, it's one of those where it, it wasn't the most intense game, but it was still a game where mentally they had to to sort of be very very strong and, and be able to to kind of break down that low block. We saw a lot of times that the first sort of eighteen months, two years of, of Jurgen Klopp's time at Liverpool, that was was basically the way to stop them. If you put every man behind the ball, that was was just something that Liverpool couldn't particularly break down more times than than not. But it's just not the case anymore. We saw the the two quick goals. We've seen similar last weekend with the the Everton game. That was you know a very similar game in many ways where Liverpool just had to kind of be patient. That the crowd have kind of learned to to be a little bit more patient as well. That the players certainly have. So. I think it's it's one of those where they were able to kind of manage within that. <clears throat> I, I wonder, you know, whether the, if they'd have really gone for it and gone gone for a couple more goals, maybe that could have, have properly killed off the tie and, and they could fully, fully 100% focus on Newcastle. But yeah, I think it's it's kind of been a theme really, not just in that game, but for the last sort of month or so, they've kind of done just enough really to get the points that they needed or, or the result that they needed. They've taken the breaks within matches at, at certain times and I'm sure that will be the plan against Newcastle. Obviously, Newcastle will want to, to make that as hard as possible and make them work for, for the full 90 minutes. But in as many games as, as possible, pretty much all of the, the games really against the sides that you expect them to be able to, to beat, they've been maybe two or three goals up on the hour mark and, and they've kind of been able to manage that. So I'm pretty sure that will be the plan on Saturday. Newcastle have been very organised of late at the back. They've looked very good in the air. The likes of Dan Byrne, Fabian Scher, who's just had a new contract, have, have really uh, shone under Eddie Howe. And what we've seen, especially in recent weeks, is Newcastle not have much of the ball at all. The opposition have had much more possession, yet Newcastle create much more, they threaten much more, and then they've come away with wins. And I'm just wondering how you think that plays into to Liverpool's approach it does sound very much like, and haven't watched bits of them, that even when they are frustrated, the feeling, especially within the, the Liverpool camp, is that the quality will shine through and they will get the win, even if it has to come right at the death of the game. Yeah, I think that, that, that certainly the last couple of games, you look at the Everton game, anyone that, that watched that will have seen a, a similar kind of, of setup, really, particularly from Everton's side in terms of the, the kind of frustration and the time-wasting and the winding people up. I don't think you know many teams will go to, to those sorts of, of levels. But even then, Liverpool just managed to, to keep going and just trusted themselves, really. I think it's it's important that they've kind of got the players in all positions now that they talk about it a lot in terms of being able to progress the ball. Everyone from Alisson, the goalkeeper, Joel Matip has done that kind of thing where he can dribble through the lines and, and find a pass. You've got, obviously, the fullbacks being a huge part of, of their creativity. Mohamed Salah's not particularly been scoring so many goals lately, but he's certainly been assisting them and, and creating chances. Everywhere you look in that Liverpool team, there's players who can find passes and you know, not even mentioned Thiago Alcantara, who I wonder whether he might be on the bench tomorrow just because he's played a lot of football recently. But you know, if if he is involved at some point again, he is one of those players that can just sort of find something and, and be able to, to break them down. And I think the other thing as well is they've got such a, a big squad, Liverpool. They've got every kind of footballer, really. I know Roberto Firmino is, is going to be missing from this game because he's, he's not recovered from his injury left uh, just yet. But that still leaves... Let's say they go with with Jota, Diaz, and Salah. It would still leave Sadio Mane on the bench, for example. You've still got you know players on there. Divock Origi has obviously come on and, and scored against Everton. There's there's just so many different sort of options. If if Liverpool have a problem, 
generally speaking, Jurgen Klopp, A, has the players to be able to solve that, but B, also has the, the kind of tactical nows to be able to pick the right option at the right time. Eddie Howe was asked about Liverpool in his press conference today, which is Friday, and his response was, and I quote him now, we know that nothing but our best tomorrow will be good enough. We have to be perfect defensively, but we still have to give them a threat the other way. I think we have the players to do that, but we need them at their very best levels. And I think that's the key difference under Eddie Howe now when Newcastle do go and face these big sides. They don't just stick back and invite pressure on. They want to take the ball forward and they do want to, to threaten the likes of Liverpool and Chelsea. And we saw against Chelsea uh, a few weeks ago and Newcastle ended up losing the game down at Stamford Bridge. But really, Newcastle should have come away with four or three points, especially in my view. And I thought they were excellent and very unlucky. So it's going to be interesting to see how they do approach Liverpool. I, I guess, Matt, it's, it's a fine balance, isn't it? Because we know how good Liverpool are. You know how good Liverpool are. And But at the same time, do you think there's always a danger that the opposition maybe show Liverpool a bit too much respect and that obviously plays into the hands of Liverpool? I think that there, there is possibly a, a kind of a route down that kind of mindset. I think it's it's also, you know, as, as I mentioned before, even even the kind of sit back, low block, you'd still fancy Liverpool at some point to kind of be able to to find one chance where one player just takes it, and you know, if they have to to scrap for a, a one nil win, then they're more than capable of doing that. So there is there is kind of an argument that rather than just sitting there and, and waiting for Liverpool to score, you might as well have a go at them. You might as well try and score because if Newcastle are going to get something from this game there's probably a good chance that they're going to have to, to score a goal at some point. So I think, yeah, it's it's an interesting one in terms of, of how teams do set up. I think, you know, particularly with it being an early kickoff, if if Newcastle can start quickly, we have seen in previous matches where Liverpool have, have had this early game, they've maybe not started particularly quickly. I think the fact that obviously they maybe will have a little bit of tired legs to an extent. They've they've kind of been managing them themselves pretty well, I would say, over the last few weeks. But if there is any tired legs, you know, go out and, and try and, and exploit that. There's not too many weaknesses in this Liverpool team. Hardly anything is is gonna, you know, be able to to get past them. But I think, you know, for, for Newcastle there there is probably, you know, the, the pressure is off in terms of they're not going to get relegated. There's not, you know, too much to, to play for. You might as well have a, a bit of a go, see what happens, and and just kind of have given Liverpool a, a bit of something different to think about. Because, you know, if the the last three or four games have, have told us anything, it's if you do just sit back and and don't be intense, Liverpool probably will just win at some point anyway. It's interesting what you say there because I think Man City would have maybe looked at this fixture. I know Man City play Newcastle next week, so maybe this is also the the view of maybe Liverpool fans next week, but maybe look at look at this fixture and go, well, like you say, Newcastle are safe. They've got nothing to play for. It's going to be a relatively easy game. But I, I don't actually kind of agree with that because I think this is going to be the first real summer of the new ownership where we expect them to spend a bit of cash. We saw what they did in January with Newcastle in trouble, but with them being safe now, it's a, it's a clean slate to approach some top quality players. But the players that are currently here, Eddie Howe has laid the challenge down and there's quite a few of them that know they are really fighting for their future. So I think in any other season, had the takeover not happened and Newcastle found themselves safe without you know, under Mike Ashley, it very much would have been a case of, yeah, they probably will just maybe roll over and, and they'll turn up, but they'll, they'll get beaten and it's, it's an easy three points. For Liverpool, it's an easy three points next week for Man City. But 
I think there is there's there's quite a bit of play for in terms of these players and their future. And I think that's going to have a it's going to present a very different challenge to Liverpool than it would have done maybe last season. Yeah, hundred percent. I I completely completely agree with that. I think it's it can work both ways, can't it? When the pressure's off, that can just free you and and make you play a little bit more attacking or make you have a, a little bit more confidence to to try certain things that maybe you might not dare to do against a, a team like a Liverpool or a City if you're in a a slightly different situation. So it can go can go one of two ways, can't it? But I think for for Liverpool, the, the focus has just got to be if they play to, to their best they will be able to, to come out of, of this with a win. But yeah, it'd be interesting to, to kind of see. It's, it's obviously the first time that, that Liverpool will have been to St. James's Park since the takeover and everyone from the outside has, has sort of seen what the difference is in terms of the atmosphere, the the kind of way that the, the fans approach the game as, as much as the players has completely changed. It, it's not something that's going to phase Liverpool. It's it's not something that they've not come up with uh, or come up against uh, before, but it is it is a very different challenge. It's it's slightly unpredictable in that sense because Liverpool against Newcastle for Jurgen Klopp and, and for these players, it's it's a very different Newcastle these days, and I'm I'm sure they're they're more than aware of that. It certainly is, and actually in Jurgen Klopp's press conference today, he he mentioned that it's a very different Newcastle. We'll we'll listen to the clip now, and then I'll get Matt and Alistair some what Jurgen Klopp had. incredible run there so uh, it's when our analyze meeting starts and I always see the, the last well, I'm not sure 10 12 results and it was green is when you win and red is when you lost it's like green 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 then red 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 and then again a lot of green so they're obviously in a really good moment um, and Eddie has a, has a massive part in it um, they signed uh, and one of our analysts, that's for sure a big part as well. Um, Mark, if you see this, yeah, we'll play a completely different team. So, um, and no, they do really well and they, they sign a few good players, but it's not like this. What, that will happen in the future, but the, the power Newcastle is now, um, that of course, there will be a lot of change and all these kind of things. That's clear, but for this season, they brought in smart, they did smart moves, um, really brought good players in and just had stability. The players who were there before were probably Newcastle fans thought, oh my God, when will he leave? They grow um, um, into a really confident uh, figure as well. And it's, it, it's, really, it's really good to see what, what um, little changes can, 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 um, can make. And um, yeah, it will be a difficult one for us. Huh? So it's like, it's similar to a few years ago when we played between the semi-final, we played at Newcastle when Diva Gorigi had her shoulder it was a tough game. That was one of these games where I didn't understand what exactly is Newcastle's problem. Why, why do they not like us so much? <laughs> the, the whole stadium was on fire, and that was, it was. We have to expect that as well um, on uh, on uh, tomorrow. It will be tough, but um, we have to make sure that we are ready for that. Um, we have our targets as well. We have to. We, we know we need results, and um, we try to perform as good as it's more likely than not to get one. The key thing I picked up there, Matt, he was talking about stability. And I think when you look at Liverpool, obviously Jurgen Klopp's just signed a new deal. They're looking at signing up, you know, maybe more Salah. Marne is in line for potentially a new contract. Stability is a very strong buzzword around Liverpool. And you can see the, the, the approach they have. It is built around this kind of long-term project. 
where stability is at the core because you know if you've got a good thing you want to make sure everyone's happy you want to make sure those foundations that you lay down you know not only help you in the present but are there going forward in the future and I think Liverpool is a really good uh, project a really good club to kind of for the Newcastle United's owners to look at and say okay that's where we want to be that's the bar that Liverpool have set not just you know, on the pitch but in the boardroom transfer window the players assign and um yeah you know what did you make of his comments yeah i think it's it's really interesting the the kind of the stability thing the fact that Jurgen Klopp has you know put pen to paper on an extra two years at, at Liverpool 2026 suddenly now sounds like he's he's here for the long term he's he's here for much longer you know it's it's four more years in which you can kind of build on those foundations and i do think you you're right i think you know Newcastle if you're looking for a template Liverpool and, and obviously Manchester City have, have done it very, very well as well. Obviously, Liverpool don't have the, the sort of money that Newcastle and, and City have, but they certainly have a lot more money than than lots of, of other teams around the Premier League. But it's about how you, you sensibly go about spending that, how you sort of gradually build up the infrastructure. One of the things that, that Jurgen Klopp has, has spoken about a lot in the last couple of days around his new contract is what they've done to, to Anfield, what they've done with the new training ground, the academy Liverpool have, have started to, to bring through really, you know, a, a player pretty much every season. When you think of, of Harvey Elliott, obviously was signed a couple of years ago, but has come through there. You think of, of Trent, you think of Curtis Jones, just every sort of aspect of, of the club really has been done so methodically and, and sensibly. And Liverpool, obviously, to, to be able to compete with Manchester City, that's that's how it's got to be. But for Newcastle as well, I think for, for moving forwards, it's it's very much a case of, you can't just go and spend loads of money on anything and, and everything. It's It's got to be done in, in that kind of, of sensible way. So, yeah, the, the early signs, I would say, are, are pretty good with what Newcastle have, have, have started to do. Obviously, still a, a long way to go. But, yeah, for, for Liverpool, stability is is absolutely the crucial word. And just the fact that we don't have to talk, you know, in, in the summer about who might replace Jurgen Klopp. Obviously, the rest of the structure that he's put in there you would have fancied Liverpool to get the appointment right, whoever it was that, that came in next and a lot of, of the backroom team and the kind of structure that they've got at the academy and things would have stayed in place. But the fact that you've got two more years of, of Jurgen Klopp, it, it just puts off that conversation and that, you know, for sure, it, it, it certainly can't be a bad thing. Yeah, I think that's key for me. You look at other teams and we'll look just across the road from, from Liverpool and you have Everton who've tried to break into that top six of our succession of managers, spent a load of money it hasn't worked. They're deep in relegation trouble. So that's one approach. And then you have the approach of you know, Liverpool to a lesser degree, the likes of Leicester, West Ham, where yes, they've spent a bit of money, but you know they've got a, a bit more of a coherent plan. And what I liked a few months ago, Amanda Staveley suggested that Eddie Howe could potentially be, you know, Newcastle United, Sir Alex Ferguson. They're looking at the long-term plan. Of course, if results don't go there, go his way, then questions will. Uh, start to be asked, but hopefully, you know, those questions won't have to be asked anytime soon. He's been on a tremendous run. And it's clear as well that he's getting people in who he trusts, who he's worked with, and who's backroom staff. And Jurgen Klopp referenced one there, Mark Leyland, who was on the Liverpool backroom staff. He headed up to Newcastle uh, just over the winter time. And he made a little reference there to the fact that um, Liverpool play completely different to what he would have recognised. Um, is that slightly incorrect, do you think? 
yeah, it's <laughs> very much so. I'm sure, you know, Mark will, will have all of, of the insight and the, the knowledge. It's it's something that Liverpool have, have been building on. I know they were, were very disappointed to, to lose him, actually. They, they certainly didn't want to, to lose him, but you know, for, for a variety of, of reasons, he, he chose to, to go up to Newcastle. But yeah, it's, uh, it, it's a Liverpool team that is 100% in Jurgen Klopp's image. It's very much been incrementally added to over the last couple of, of seasons. And I think if, if Newcastle can... And sort of take that model with Eddie Howe and, and do do similar. That's that's probably the best way to go. What you what you don't want to be doing is is chopping and changing, like you say. What what Everton have done, they've done, you know, every single type of manager possible in the the same time that Liverpool have just had that one coherent structure. And you know, it, it didn't particularly go well for Liverpool last season until the last couple of games. But there was never never any suggestion of, of a change or or anyone panicking. It was just a case of the bigger picture, the longer term, and. Like you say, from from what you hear of of Newcastle and what they say publicly, it does seem to to be that they're going down that route. And yeah, hundred percent, that's the way to go. Yeah, it's certainly going to be a very interesting challenge. And Klopp also mentioned there that a few players a few months back would have been, you know, potentially you know out out the door uh, if the fans had their choice. And yet here we are singing the praises of of quite a few who would have fitted that category. The likes of Joe Linton, Fabian Chair signed a new deal. Emil Kraft has had an unbelievable turnaround. Ryan Fraser looks like the Ryan Fraser of old when he was under Eddie Howe at Bournemouth. Sadly, he looks like he probably will miss the rest of the season, but he's just one of a long list of players who have really gone up a level. John Joe Shelby is another one who Liverpool fans will be well aware of. And I guess that's just the impact that a, a good manager can have on on players and you know you'll see it there at Liverpool that maybe when someone's out of form like you say Salah's not been scoring too many goals but just takes the right kind of touch from the manager the right word in the ear to keep them playing at the level to keep them happy and confident that that form will come and then suddenly they're back to the level and, and bang you've got it you've got it, you've got a hat or what have you hopefully not tomorrow but <laughs> you get the point I'm making yeah, absolutely. And I think that's that's one of the biggest successes, really, of, of what Jurgen Klopp and Pep Linders and Vito Matos and all of the rest of his coaching team have, have done is they've improved every single player that they've brought to the football club. Even someone like Thiago now, we're seeing a better Thiago than, than when he was signed from Bayern Munich. Mohamed Salah, Sadio Mane, Diogo Jota, you look at the kind of, of improvement within within him. Like we, we've said, they, they have spent money, obviously, Diogo Jota was about 41, 42 million pounds. That's not a small transfer fee, but it certainly looks like a bargain now. And I think that's that that's the crucial thing in terms of, of you know, particularly for, for a team like Newcastle that has got ambitions to, to go higher up the table and, and to progress. It's about spending money on the right players, but then improving those players. You, you contrast, you know, what Liverpool have, have done in, in their recruitment to Manchester United. You think of, you know, who was who was the last player that Manchester United bought that has you know, gone on to, to do better things and, and be better than what they were. It's, you know, you're struggling to, to name more than, than two or three, maybe maybe even that's being generous, where, where Liverpool have, have not just, you know, got it right, but then, you know, they've, they've been proven right in the, the kind of longer term as well with, with all of those players. That's, that, that for me, is, is absolutely fundamental. Hmm. You know, you can have all the money in the world and, and while Liverpool don't have the cash at Newcastle, um, reportedly do have, you still got more than most clubs, but it's about spending it in the right way, isn't it? And again, we look at Everton, we look at Manchester United, and they, they haven't done that. Uh, and you mentioned there how Liverpool have got the recruitment right. Newcastle brought in Bruno Gimoresh in January, and he has just been unbelievable. He's a level above 
most players in that squad, you know, I don't think it's a stretch to say he could actually probably fit into a few sides in that that top six. He's been unbelievable. He's good on the ball. He's got speed about him. He's suddenly found a knife for goal. He scored more goals for Newcastle than he did in his whole time at Leon, which is fantastic. And long may that continue. And he came in at a time when Liverpool also were a little bit active in the January window. And, and Diaz is one man who's stolen the headlines. I mean, what a what a masterstroke to get him in. And he's had a real say in, in, in this title race and probably will go on to have a say to whether the title ends up at Anfield or over on the blue side of Manchester. Yeah, I think he's he's a prime example as well, funnily enough, that it's not just about getting your recruitment right. It's it's getting that little bit of luck at times as well. I think if if Liverpool go anywhere close to winning the quadruple this season, it's it's going to be largely down to the fact that they got that extra injection of, of quality. But the only reason they did it in January and, and didn't wait until the summer, as was their original plan, was because Tottenham and West Ham and, and one or two other clubs were, were looking at him. So that timing couldn't have been better you know the, the fact that Salah and, and Mane were just back from from Afghan around that kind of time maybe had a another sort of week to go or, or whatever it was in in that sort of moment but yeah to the the sort of instant impact that he has had I don't think even you know Liverpool's recruitment team Jurgen Klopp I don't think anyone could have, have really predicted just how perfect he was straight away obviously you can look at the kind of raw attributes but when you you sort of put him into that Liverpool team he, he just looks like he's been a, a Liverpool player for, for such a long time there's already comparisons with kind of the way that Luis Suarez came into to Liverpool could he have that kind of explosive impact we've we've not quite seen the, the goals and the assists from him yet but I just think he's he's getting himself into to the perfect positions he's been trusted against Chelsea against Manchester City he's come into to those games and, and not looked out of his depth so yeah again it was it was a fairly significant sum that, that Liverpool have put down could be up to, to 49 million pounds that they end up paying for him but it, it just looks like another one of those where they've paid that kind of money but you know within two or three years time he could easily be worth twice that. Our listeners will be sat listening to this and hear you mentioning the price tags there for, for Diaz and thinking goodness me Newcastle actually spent 40 million on Bruno and it's nice to be within within a conversation where they're actually spending what the top teams are spending and uh, you know that will look hopefully to be the plan going forward and, and one day be at the level of Liverpool. Newcastle have got a few attacking threats. Alan Maxman is probably the, the one that springs to mind aside from Bruno Gimaresh. Now he hasn't been at the top of his game. I am hoping that with the world's media focused on this game on Saturday it might just spark him into life. I'm sure you're aware when he gets the ball and he's running at defenders, there's there's few defenders who, other than kicking them to the ground, can can really stop him. How will Liverpool handle someone like St. Maximin? I think he's he's probably the the one that you'd look at from from Newcastle's perspective as kind of being that outball. I think there are going to be times where Liverpool pen Newcastle back as they have with Everton, but then Everton had Anthony Gordon to be able to do that job. You'd look at, at Villarreal, they couldn't quite do it, but you thought going into that one, maybe Dan Juma or possibly Chukwese could have been that player. But yeah, uh, you know, for, for Newcastle, that's that's got to be something that they've got their eye on in terms of, of being able to exploit that on the counter-attack. I think Trent Alexander-Arnold's defensive um, sort of capabilities are, are really underestimated by a lot of people. I don't think he's anywhere near as, as bad as, as what some people might kind of make you believe. But of course, if he's high up the pitch, Liverpool do play that kind of high line. There is a kind of, there's an opportunity if Newcastle get it right to be able to, to get the better of them 
it's not something that many teams have been able to to do successfully this season. You know, even you know Chelsea and, and Manchester City have, have struggled to kind of take advantage of that. So it's it's not a weakness. I wouldn't say. I certainly wouldn't go that far. But I think that that is kind of a glimmer of hope. That's that's probably the game plan. Get the ball to him. Get in behind Trent and and sort of see what you can do from there. I do ask everybody that pops onto the view from the opposition what the weaknesses of their respective teams. You've kind of alluded to the fact that there are very, very few, if any at all, that Newcastle can exploit. Is there one you can find to share with our listeners? I, I think the, the closest thing to a weakness would be that kind of high line thing. Again, it 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 would be it would be crazy to call it a, a weakness per se, just because it's fundamental to the way that Liverpool play. It's fundamental to their attacking. It's the entire reason why they can press so high up the pitch. It's not something that is going to change, nor should it be. But there is an opportunity for teams. We saw it, you know, Manchester City successfully managed it with uh, it Gabriel Jesus, I think, who, who scored a couple of weeks ago, just pulling off at the back and just about narrowly beating that offside trap. I think if you get it perfectly spot on, you get the the pass spot on, you get the run spot on, and you think of, of someone like Bruno Gimaraes, he's got the ability to be able to, to play that ball at, at the right time. If you get it right, it will give you big opportunities. And I think that's that's kind of what makes it look like a weakness for Liverpool. They don't give many opportunities away, but because of the way that they play, when you get an opportunity, it tends to be a, a big one. Even then, you know, you've got Alisson Becker in goal who can, can make those saves. You've got Van Dijk who can sprint back and, and help out. But if Newcastle do get one or two of those big chances, that wouldn't be a massive surprise because that's kind of, you know, the, the risk-reward play that, that Liverpool have. In terms of going for these four titles, obviously uh, won the League Cup in the, the final of the FA Cup, looking like you're going to be in the final of the Champions League and obviously going for the Premier League title. Many people are saying this is, you know, arguably one of the best Liverpool sides, if not the best Liverpool side, if they managed to do this. Does that bring... An added pressure on Liverpool, do you think? Because if they don't, say if they just win the League Cup, you know, they get knocked out of the Champions League, Man City win the title. Do they then become kind of the best team that didn't live up to, to what they could have done? Or is that a bit unfair, do you think? It's such a hard one, isn't it? Because I think from the outside, you probably would look at it and say, well, if they only end up with a League Cup, it doesn't, doesn't matter what you do in the other competitions. The League Cup wasn't the priority going into the season. And, and so you'd have to, to look at it like that. But... I think there's there's probably a couple of, of ways of, of looking at that as well. I think Jurgen Klopp mentioned it in his press conference before of kind of, it's a bit more about the journey. It's about how do we get to that point? And obviously, if you get to a Champions League final, it doesn't matter who you're playing against. Anything can kind of happen in, in that. I think to, to get to the Champions League final, as well as, as all the other bits that they're going to do this season would be would still be a big achievement. But of course, it's it's always going to get thrown your way if you don't win those finals. Is the, the mentality issue? Is the there are other things that come into it? But I think for for Liverpool, the fact that Jurgen Klopp has extended his contract probably takes that pressure off a little bit. I think there's there's kind of a little bit of a feeling that they've been so so good, but they've also been so so unfortunate in the last two or three years that they've come up against Pep Guardiola's Manchester City. They maybe haven't won as many domestic trophies as what they should have done. They've not done the the kind of picking up the, the silverware that maybe this team deserves to do. So the fact that you've got two more years of, of Jurgen Klopp and we're not talking at the end of next season about, oh, it's it's Klopp's final season. What can he, he do? You know, he's he's got another two to come after that. There's still, you know, more than enough time to, to go on and, and pick up the medals that these players deserve. So 
it doesn't have to happen this season, but I think when you you're at this point in the campaign, I think you don't want to say it would be a disappointment not to go in and get something else, but I think it would be it would almost be a, a slight surprise really if if Liverpool didn't pick up one more thing at least. You know that they're well in in contention for for all of those things. I think I, I certainly wouldn't rule them out in the, the Premier League title just yet. I think there's there's a real there's a real opportunity really more than than it being pressure and. Part of that is is Klopp, and, and part of that I think is is just that journey of ultimately, if you don't win the the league and Manchester City win it by a point, well, you know, not many teams can can sort of can match them anyway. Liverpool haven't spent as much as them in that sense. Probably the the pressure is is off a little bit, but at the same time, if you're in the cup final, you want to win it. They mm. seem to be handling whatever pressure is there very well. There don't seem to be any cracks, and I guess that's testament to the recruitment and to the coaching staff and to to Klopp. Uh, just finally, then before I get you to predict how this one's going to go, what is the feeling down on Merseyside at Anfield about Newcastle and the takeover? We know that they reportedly were one of the teams who weren't too happy that the deal went through. Obviously, that's now all in the past. You know, Newcastle United have these very rich owners. They have ambitions in the next 10 years to really challenge at the top of the table. So what is the feeling? Do you think at the moment, because it's it's still relatively fresh and new, there's not really too much focus on Newcastle gear crashing the top end of the Premier League? That will come three, four years down the line. Yeah, I mean, I, I think at the moment in terms of, of that, it's kind of just viewed of it, it's going to be a few years. It might be three, four years. It might be seven, eight years. It's It's inevitably going to be a conversation, I think, at some point when a team has, has got that much money. I mean, I suppose Everton are, are kind of the sort of example of, of this not being the case, but you'd kind of think that it's inevitable at some point if if there's sort of any sort of way, in any way sensible spending this sort of money, they're going to get there eventually. I think, you know, there's, the, there's other issues around the owners. There's, you know, sort of contentions around certain sports washing and certain aspects of, of the ownership, which I don't think has, has gone down particularly well. But, you know, in terms of, of the football side, there's no kind of animosity towards it. It's kind of just Liverpool are, are at the, the peak of the powers at the moment. And no matter how much money Newcastle have got, it's going to take you know, it's, it's going to take a hell of a shift to, to be able to, to catch up with Liverpool. So purely from, from a footballing perspective, I don't think there's any complaints at the moment. Certainly going to be an interesting few years. Certainly going to be a very interesting game on Saturday, and that's where we'll finish, Matt. How will this one go on Saturday afternoon? I fancy Liverpool to, to get the job done. I think it's going to be tight. I think it's going to be a game where, again, they're going to have to, to show that kind of mentality. I'm sure Newcastle will have a couple of periods in the game where Liverpool are, are put under a lot of pressure, but I think a, a narrow, maybe a, a one goal, possibly even a, a late goal. We've not had... Not had too many of those in the, the title running so far. It wouldn't surprise me if uh, maybe an Origi or, or someone had to, to come off the bench again and, and get it done late. But whichever way it is, I think Liverpool should, if they play anywhere near their best, they should just about have too much. I've got a feeling Newcastle are going to win this. I think it'll be close, as you say, but I'm going to go for a 2-1 win, uh, win for Newcastle in front of a full house at St James's Park. Matt, thank you for popping on to the Everything is Black and White podcast. To you guys listening, please remember to follow podcast through your podcast provider and head over to chroniclelive.co.uk to keep with it with all the latest Newcastle United news.